Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hello, welcome everybody to another episode of Geek Vibes Interview. And today I'm graced with two guests this time and video. You know, this is the first. Um, so our first guest, we have an actress, producer, director, uh, star of uh, huge franchises uh, such as Godfather and Rocky, Talia Shire. How are you doing? Okay. And a mother. And a mother. And a mother, yes. I'm, okay. and that's, that's a franchise. Okay. That's the best, that's the best <laughs> role. That's right. the best job of them all, I think. That's and the I actually job. had that on there, and I don't know why I didn't say yeah. it. Um, and my second guest is a renaissance man, it seems to be. Uh, actor, composer, director, musician, writer, producer. You've seen him in Princess Diaries and The Virgin Suicide. Robert Schwartzman, how are you doing? Thank you very much. And a son. Uh, yes. Oh, and, and a son. <laughs> My most um, important job. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and this is a, a big deal that I, you know, after researching and, and, and watching and seeing all the names connected, um, Rad, I mean, that's what we're here for, the re-release of 1986's Rad. Um, from top to bottom, it seems to be a, um, with this re-release, a family affair. Um, your your husband produced it, and your name was the production company, right? Talia Kim, too. That's right. Uh, <laughs> you also were in the movie. Um, your stepson shot the opening and ending. John clip. Schwartzman did that as a 19-year-old young film student. Is that not brilliant stuff? It is, and I, and I I really appreciated the those beginning ending credits because it let the art form of BMX breathe, and you got to kind of see beforehand and afterwards why the people love the sport so much. And and then we have Robert, that you are um, co-founder of Utopia, which is a distribution company that's re-releasing um, this film. Um, so I think I want to start with what goes into um, the restoring and the re-releasing of, of, of an older movie. Yeah, it's well. I first of all, it's so we're so excited to get to this point where we can re-release the movie Rad. I think that we as a family have waited a long time to to get to this point, and fans online will ask, "Well, what took so long?" And those kinds of questions come up. It, there's really no specific answer other than here we are. And I think all this really time, I think it, this time added up to, to a better release that we're getting now with this film. It wasn't rushed out. It wasn't done in a way that wasn't, attention to detail wasn't there. But with restoring a movie, I mean, luckily the elements that we had were in really good condition. So we weren't, we didn't like dig this movie out of the ground and have to like, figure out which scenes went together or something. Everything was pretty well uh, stored, which my mom, I, to her credit, she really took the time to make sure the movie was cared for. So we were working with really good material, but 
you know, it's it's a technical pro it's a technical process because you're taking it from from a physical, you know, from like film and you're transferring it to digital. We had a company called Photochem that did all the work for us, and they're a very big company that does. They're doing the new Christopher Nolan movie. Like, you know, they're a very big post production company. But like anyone in this world, you find communities of people that really love Rad that like are like, no way, oh my God, Rad, like, how can I help? What can I do? So we had a lot of fans and friends in the post-production world that helped us. Um, but it, revol it involves a lot of cleanup. Like we went every frame of the movie, we have to clean up any dust or hairs that are on it, scratches. Literally, I mean, literally, you're literally like going one frame at a time. <laughs> I mean, think about it, 24 frames per second, right? right. <laughs> That's film. So per second, there's 24 frames. Multiply that by the running time of the movie. And that's one frame at a time. You also, there's also the color grading that goes on. So every shot has to be, you know, you have to darken, lighten, look at exposure, look at saturation. So, you know, some of the actors sometimes maybe like, like there's certain redness in the eyes or underneath here. We had to sort of, you know, find ways. It's not painting it out, but it's just a technical process. So it's I, the reason I'm giving you the extensive, like, what went into it because I think it's good for everyone to know who gets to enjoy the movie today that we really took our time to make it right and also when the movie came out which is surprising it only had a stereo mix and we live in a world today where there's 5.1 7.1 and Atmos mixes so we had to sort of we had to restore the audio and rebuild it to be a 5.1 mix oh, wow. so not everyone will care about all these things but we care about it and I think that it's important that if you're going to do it once, do it right. So anyway, Utopia was involved in that process as far as like helping get the movie on its feet and to you, to the audience. We have a great, you know, DVD that just came out, 4K. We're going to do a, a bigger Blu-ray DVD in the fall and next year. We had a theatrical release planned and we were going to go to South by Southwest, which was a rare occasion to celebrate a library title. We had to postpone all that due to reasons everybody knows now but we're hoping we can revisit next year and do some of these great events. So anyway, Rad is, you know, we just, it's, we just want to keep the momentum now, now that we have it up and running. So it's really exciting. And I'm, I personally, I feel like a, a whole other emotional connection to this movie, given my dad was a producer on it and he passed away many years ago. So I get to come in now and help run with it now and help my mom and help the family. So I'm, I'm very excited about it. Yeah, and, oh, go ahead, Tali. No, no, I was just going to say, that's what's, the movie came out in 1986, so Robert was only four, and then we lost Jack six years later. So what this also is, and it's very meaningful for me to watch this, is for a son to re-meet his father on the level of work, when they, when today Robert is doing much the same thing, so it's extremely, it's actually profound to to to, to watch this. So, uh, and I'm I'm absolutely joyous because in fact Robert did protect this on all the levels: the visual, the color, the sound. So I feel I can't tell you what I feel. I feel. I feel joyous, and I know the fans of Rad will understand that part of this new love and Robert's caring about this movie will be in this DVD. It's pretty special. Yeah, and I can speak to that. I had a chance to to view it, and I remember I was born in '88, 
So when I saw the Your movie, baby. Yeah, <laughs> when I saw the movie uh, as a kid, you know, it was you know way after it had originally released. But mm-hmm. now watching it again, like you said, it looks amazing. The colors pop, um, and it's also uh, if, for people that don't know, uh, the story is about um, Crew Jones, a small town kid determined to win an infamous BMX race set on a nearly impossible course known as Hell Track. And I think what kind of sets the film apart is, you know, from today's time is it has a pure, like a pure meaning to it without trying too hard. You know, you have this kid trying to overcome the odds and his his mom, you just wants the best for him. So, hey, you know, I want you to take the, the safer route and, and go do your SATs. and What's your SATs? Yes, poor yeah. Robert heard me say that. Yes, okay. <laughs> so how did um how did that movie for you as a mother, um, how did that role for you kind of, did it demean more? Did it make you feel some type of way? Did it affect anything outside of your personal life? I'll tell you, many years later, when I did say to Robert and <laughs> Jason and Matthew, but you know, your SATs, I, I was the mother that said that. But the wonderful thing about the mother, and, and for me as well, and you used a word, innocence and purity. There is that in this movie. And you have to support your child, always, always, when they want to express their gifts, especially in the context of this town, which is, which is having a kind of exploitation by big business, right? <laughs> you have to do that. And I was very... In watching the movie again, I was very moved by that, that young people, by the way, right now, all young people can go up against corporations. They can take a position and they can do it with their talent. That's why I love the movie. Okay, I'm long-winded, but anyway. And how were your SATs, by the way? Well, I I took it once, but I took the the ACT uh, to stay in state. And I, yeah, I got in school and, you know, no. I, did, I did okay. You're getting rid of the SATs, by the way. No more SATs. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that. Yeah. But that's what that movie had in it, in its, in its innocence, in its simp- wonderful innocence. It was extremely powerful for young people. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, and with that said, um, for Robert, I mean, you know, you were young when it were released. So when, as you got older and were able to, to view it, um, did a movie like this have an impact in you, um, whether it be a love for maybe a BMX or an, or an appreciation of BMX? I'll tell you, I, so I'm the youngest in my family and my older siblings would like, we're at an age where Rad maybe was more for their demographic. I just, I ended up watching anything my brothers watched. So whatever they, I, you know, when you're a little brother, you just watch whatever. <laughs> I didn't have a choice. I just like sat there and watched whatever they put on. But the, I'll say this. I, I think when I think about Rad, well, first of all, I, I always loved the, the part of the movie where they make their own t-shirts and they have to make their own merchandise. The little sister, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I, and I like the sibling, the sister character. I, I really did. I like when I when all the like when they all work together, all the all the kids in town, to try to overcome this new hurdle that was put in place, which was unfair. 
And then I always, I just, that always is, rings a bell. Obviously the backflip the crew does was like, always stands out. Like when he does it in the race, it's such a goosebumps moment. And then um, the music, I, I, so rad in the music always, I always, I'm connected to the music. A lot of my life was music prior to getting involved more in film, filmmaking. Like I, you know, I write and would tour and make albums for a lot of my, my like adult life. And the music in Rad is so timeless. Like this, the soundtrack is incredible. And uh, it's just like, that's the stuff I really think about. It's, and I love 80s music. So I just think it has an amazing soundtrack. And, you know, the send me an angel sequence when they're dancing on bikes during the prom. Oh my it's God. Like, it's just so epic. And, and then the opening sequence, you talked about the stuff John shot. It is like some of the better visual. I mean, not that the other DP would shot the whole movie and did a great job, but John captured something really magical in the opening. And you get chills when you hear that break the ice, like synthesizer come in. And John Farnham, the guy who sang the, those two, those songs, the original songs, break the ice, thunder in your heart. And then the ballad, it's so good. Like his voice is so, it's like that rock and roll, you know, that powerful rock and roll voice. Anyway, so yeah, I geek out on all that stuff. I mean, but as a kid, I just remember all the music so well. And obviously all the, all the, the stunts, but I was, I was too young to actually get on a bike and actually try to replicate like the backflip. Right. But, <laughs> yeah, anyway. but this was, this was the beginning of a sport that turned into an Olympic sport. This right. movie was that, that beginning that said, wait a minute, this might be something really great. And it turned out to be the case. So yeah. And by the way, it's not like there weren't, I mean, think, if you think about all the BMX bike movies out there, it's not like there's tons of them. You right. know what I mean? Rad was really an original first at that time. And I think that, you know, we all have moments in our life that inspire us to do something specific based on what we watched or heard music we heard, a feeling we had, and then we, we ran with it. Right. And I think Rad was that for a lot of a lot of BMX bike professionals, you know, from that time on. So I mean, really, it's like it's an amazing thing to have a movie that celebrated that sport and that lifestyle in a way that was really authentic and meaningful. Yeah, and I remember um, the other day I was looking up um, a list of BMX movies, and Rad was at the top of every list. Yeah. Um, and and it's very easy to see why we, when you watch the movie, because um, it, it like, like I said before, it, it just shows, like it's a, it's a movie that unlike other sports movies, it lets the sport shine throughout the entire film. Like, like with the, the dance scene and the beginning and the multiple races, we, usually a lot of movies focus on the, like the, it's hard to say, but focus on the story. This movie let the story um, come out on its own through them trying to make this uh, win this race, and it's it's very unique in, in how right. it's done because you don't see it anymore. Right. And also, and and scary. That was, by the way, when I was and Hal Needham, our director, and you know he's he's passed away, but he was known for doing extraordinary stunts. And so that day when we were shooting Hell Track, I've got to tell, and I got, now I realize I was there. I was scared to death. <laughs> I was scared. Those kids were way up there, these great writers, Eddie Fiola. But I mean, and it was a marvel to see their skill and their talent 
no accidents. It was quite something. Also, you know, today we live in a world where we're very connected and social media and all these things. We have these tools that really bring, we can find so much at the click of a button. You know, I think that I, when I go online and look at Instagram videos, I see a lot of, I love watching music videos where people are playing piano or violin or dancing or where you see like a great skill. Like you just see if there's something really exciting, no matter if you love piano or love drumming or love dance, no matter if that's your interest, watching anyone excel at something is very captivating. And in this movie, you have this, the, the central character is just undeniably amazing at what he does. Yeah. And I, whether you like BMX or not, it's just fun to watch someone rise above and be so good at something. So anyway. Yeah, and it definitely, I feel like, um, if it didn't encapsulate like the, the, the feeling of the 80s, it definitely became the feeling of what you wanted to see. If you go back to watch 80, 80s movies, you want that feeling of the, the overcome and the, the you know, uh, fighting against. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Against the whatever is coming against you, you know, you can succeed. Um, but when this movie was shot, um, Talia, was there any indication that this movie was going to become this cult classic that it's become? You know, a cult, a, this, Robert knows more about this, but the cult movie is fascinating because it refuses to die. You know, we, my, I cannot tell you what it was like when the movie opened and, you know, Jack and I were waiting to hear how many people went to, see, whatever that may be, whatever disappointment we may have had. And we took, we, we went around and we took the movie everywhere with the young writers. You know, they would perform in the back of, of alleyways behind drugstores and we'd say, see rat. But it, it saddened us, but there was something about this movie that had a life force. You know, it just had a pulse. And maybe that's what a cult movie is. It's something that says, I'm alive and I'm gonna live. I'm not perfect, I'm not there, but I'm alive. And that's to me what Rad has in essence. It has this great beating heart. So, I mean, I'm sure Jack would, agree with me but that's what's fascinating about certain movies imperfect whatever they may be but they come together at a moment in time and there's they're alive so here we go again yeah i mean and also i don't know if anyone goes into making something saying let's let's go make a cult classic let's go make, <laughs> like it's kind of just it happens you can't i i always thought it was funny because when I work mostly in music and record label executives would say, you need to go make a viral video. Like that was the way, like, if you <laughs> want to have a hit, you should go make a viral video. And I was like, wait, like, what are you talking about? Like, 
Viral videos just seem to happen. Like you can't, if everyone tried to make a viral video, then wouldn't they everything be the same? Or <laughs> like a cult movie, I don't know if everyone went into this movie and I was too young to know this, but I'm just guessing that no one was like, yeah, let's just, let's make sure this movie's a cult movie. I think naturally over time, it just found an audience in a really organic way. You know, this movie wasn't some studio crazy movie that had like gazillions of dollars and they were just like buying yeah. eyeballs. This movie was like almost independent in a way. Like it was looking for an audience and word of mouth is the strongest marketing you could ever do. You, people, you can't buy word of mouth. Word of mouth is or it's completely that, organic. And it works. There's right. something about a telepathic thing between people that find movies, yeah. that discover a work of art or an old short story. And, and I, that's very curious to me why that happens. It's almost mystical. So, you know? <laughs> um, so I'm gonna uh, um, uh, go into a little bit of uh, with Utopia. So mm -hmm. if I'm correct, Utopia, you, you co-founded Utopia in 2019. Um, yeah, and I know that there's uh, a filmmakers first approach to it. Um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, what went into it and why it felt uh, necessary to uh, found, uh, go found this uh, production company? Yeah, I, 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 came, I came out of working on directing movies. I, I started directing features and I made a movie that came, my latest is called The Unicorn and people can stream it on Hulu. And it's wonderful. <laughs> and there's a new movie called The Argument coming out in September, which we'll announce soon, but I just announced it. <laughs> but the, um, I, I wanted to get involved in distribution from the experiences I've had as a filmmaker, feeling that distribution is broken and that we need to figure out new ways to reinvent and define what distribution is in today's market. I just felt like filmmakers weren't really getting taken care of by the companies that were acquiring their movies. Right. And I think it's important to be sensitive to what goes into making a movie on the other side of it, on the release process. And I think that our, the team behind Utopia is very collaborative and creative and looks to the filmmakers to dictate the campaign. A lot of companies that are in distribution, it's a numbers game and it's a quantity over quality business. But there, the, the world of distribution, uh, the tools are right in front of us. We just have to figure out a way to connect everything in a, and change the experience of distribution to really complement the sort of artists behind films. And I think that we're not signing gazillions of movies, but we're taking on a really good amount of projects. And we have a really qualified team that come from different companies that have years of experience that came to Utopia because they saw our mentality was different and it really spoke to them as what they wanted to get behind as far as in this, in this industry. But um, yeah, anyway, it's very, it's, it's fun to be out in the marketplace acquiring movies and helping filmmakers because there's a lot of movies that get left behind that are really worthy of distribution. And it's sad, uh, to, I mean, it really is frustrating for filmmakers today because a lot of films are overlooked because they don't meet the sort of mandate of the certain companies and quotas and audience and marketing potential. Okay. Anyway. We are a filmmaker first company because we are all about finding quality films and bringing them to audiences in unique ways and not just jamming them out there, but creating materials and marketing assets that allow for an extension of the identity of the film. And it sounds 
it's really simple. I mean, honestly, it's simple, but it's it's unique based on the current marketplace. Right. I don't think what we're doing is completely innovative, but I think what we're the way we're approaching it is innovative. And I think, and I just, we never started Utopia to try to put rat out, but I just think naturally it seemed to make sense, you know, that rad is a family film in terms of our family and we didn't want to just hand it over to some other company that we didn't have a real connection to and there were other companies out there that were interested but it didn't make sense based on having a more customized approach to the distribution process for this title and it gives you know my mom and everybody flexibility to understand really what are we trying to achieve and we're not just kind of throwing it to some other company because again it's my my dad was involved in the movie and we, we as a family maintain the title all these years. So it's important to us that we keep a hands-on approach. Anyway, so it just seemed like the stars aligned and, and Utopia I think is, is really helping, you know, audiences discover Rad all over again in a way that's appropriate to this film. Yeah, and I, uh, I took a look of, you know, the films that are on there and, and I appreciate the approach because I love film and a lot of the movies that I review they're never the ones that, um, or rarely are they the huge box office hits. They're the ones that are the hidden gems that, you know, exactly. you, you tell your friends about, you're like, yo, you gotta see this movie. And you're like, oh, like, oh I've never heard of you. Like, I'm telling you, it's probably one of the best movies right. I've seen. And then they get pleasantly surprised. So I, I definitely think people uh, like myself appreciate the, the fi uh, filmmaker's first approach because they're the ones making the art, so why not let them have the reins to really show people what the film is and can be? Exactly. And the only way, by the way, to help, you know, keep filmmaking and independently minded filmmakers out there is by, is by having companies like Utopia exist and make a point to celebrate those films. Or else, what else is there? Like, it's, you know what I mean? But so. a little, just a, if I have a, a little context, way, way, because film is, what, 100 years old now, something like that. It's still very young. Mm -hmm. But in the old days, when they were saying, oh, what is this thing? Those movie studios, those factories that were here in Hollywood also owned the theaters. So they had a natural distribution. You, you made, each movie studio made 50 movies a year. Okay. They put them into the whatever, make a million dollars, whatever it was, then they'd make the next round. So it was very clear. And then, of course, came monopolies. And so they were not allowed to do that. Now, today, we're beginning to rethink distribution. Does it really need a theatrical release to go into the world? You could see it on a plane, in a hotel, so on a, on a clip on your phone. So it's very exciting. I'm too old for this, okay? <laughs> so, but the idea that you can make something here between us and it can have a life and not just be killed is really very exciting to me so yeah Robert, very supportive I'm, I'm i know i appreciate the question and i you know i'm very excited about it yeah oh yeah because it, it's um it's like i said i think it's a very special thing and then i also uh, saw that you have a streaming service that's attached yeah. to it so Alt Altavod is a new platform. It's a direct-to-consumer distribution platform for filmmakers. It's a way, because when you put a movie on iTunes, and by the way, I, I use iTunes every night when I eat dinner and rent a movie. So 
I love, I love Amazon. I use iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, Fandango now. All that stuff is great. Disney. Right. The only thing that is, if, if there's any filmmakers here watching who've made a movie, what you know or might not know is that you have to go through either a distributor or an aggregator to be on iTunes. There are a lot of hurdles and it takes about three to four months of lead time to put your movie on there. And they have certain pricing models you have to hit. Right. You're not guaranteed visibility for discovery. Because, you know, all the movies on the platform are the big hits. Right. So that's just the nature of the beast. And I think we wanted to create a platform that would allow filmmakers to distribute directly to audiences without having to go through an aggregator. So you can, up, you can onboard your movie yourself by just making an account. And you can make your movie available for sale and people can start renting it or buying it directly from you. So it, it's basically a complete direct to fan way of selling movies and there's no lead time. You can put it on tonight. So, and also the best part of all is that you collect the data from who's coming to watch your movie. Right. Because the most important thing is knowing how to remarket back to your audience. Okay. And, you know, to have That's to stay in touch. Right. With iTunes, they don't report any data. They just give you your sales. Okay. And also those platforms take 30 to 40% off the top. Whereas Altavod takes a 9%, it's a 91-9 split to filmmakers. And you get access to all the, all the analytics of who's visiting your page. And if people rent your movie or buy it, you can, re, you can email back to them and thank them or bring your next movie to them. Anyway, it's just, it's just a way to give really filmmakers the power yeah. to become their own distribution companies, to self-distribute. Just like the music industry. Because if you look at it, major labels started losing their leverage over artists because people could make their own albums and sell it yeah. themselves. So I'm just saying that's that's the world we're going into with film and we want to be like we want to be there to support sort of in that that next phase. So Altavod is launching this summer, but right now it's live with certain movie titles, a la carte. Like Rad is on there for rental. Um, and also there there was a great interview with the Lonely Islands, uh, Yorma from the Lonely Island, the comedy group. Right. He interviewed all the Rad cast members, and you can watch that on Altavod. Oh, okay. And you can't get it anywhere else. So anyway, it's, it's a way to create more no, special. I've got, to, I've got to tell you this, because Robert, years ago, Dom, years ago, I was doing this with Jack. But it's like, wow, what has happened with distribution? <laughs> this is really evolutionary. The idea, because, you know, the cost and the value are very separate things. It's very costly to make a movie. Right. It's not like Picasso has three yards of canvas. <laughs> it's, oh, my God, I made a movie but who's how so this is really very exciting I oh mean, yeah I, yeah if i was a young filmmaker I, you know yeah it's definitely you seem to be on the the forefront and leading the way to what is possibly the the future of, of film especially uh independent film independent yeah um but since i'm running out of time um <laughs> oh god <laughs> Is there, and this is a great conversation, I love it. Um, is there you anything else? Movies. I see you love, you, you're like, we love, I love, I'm a movie lover, so yeah. I can see you are too. Yeah, oh, definitely. Oh, um, yeah. Is there anything else that uh, you guys want to add before we uh, wrap it up? Mom, you want to go first? And, or I can... No, no, I, I, look, I'm very excited because this is very personal 
what's happening here with RAD. And also, it's wonderful to see it this way. And, and so I'm, I'm really very excited. So that's all I have to say. I want to be a good mother and, and <laughs> say and what, and what I'll say is- I'll pay you, it's tough to be a mother, you know? Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm very, we're happy to be here. Thank you for having us. Thank and you. To talk, about, to talk about RAD. We are very excited for everybody at home who's gonna watch it. And um, I'll just shout out some of the dates coming up. So this Friday, uh, which is, I'm not sure if this will be available yet for everybody, but on July 10th, the movie will be available on Altavod for two weeks and you can get, it's the special edition version of Rad. So go to altavod.com. The direct link is altavod.com, A-L-T-A-V-O-D.com slash content slash Rad. And you can rent it. And then in two weeks after that, we're gonna to go to iTunes and Amazon and all those places. So on July 24th, you can then watch it on those other platforms if you choose. Um, and then we hope to uh, be able to be in theaters next spring if the world comes back <laughs> and we can go out safely in public. And it will, everybody. It will. Uh, and then- uh, back, right? It will, it will. And anyway, so there's more, more news, but just you know, stay in touch on our socials, Rad. Uh, the mo Rad Movies, our Instagram, and uh, you can follow me, Robert Schwartzman, on Instagram. Anyway, but thank you so much, and we're so happy to be back with Rad. We really appreciate it. Thank you very, very much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Uh, and make sure you support uh, Altavod and support Utopia and everybody. Go And, you know, to make sure we get, get great films and not just the billion-dollar <laughs> box yeah. office ones. Oh, um, yeah. Because a lot of the better ones I've seen are the independent films. That's um, right. So uh, thank you again, Robert Schwarzman, Talia. Thank you. So which one do you go by, Schwarzman or, or Shire? Know, I just go by Shire. That was my, my okay. professional name. Or, or Mom, but that's OK. <laughs> Forget it. Don't go there. <laughs> um, so again, thank you, uh, everyone. Thanks for, for joining us. Thank and you. hopefully we can talk again. Awesome, definitely. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank too. you. Take care. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.